0: I just picture him in a musical now. Like him and Trent are dancing around with their cheap beers and just wishing for all these pie charts and wonderful things they could have in the world. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back once again to yet another edition of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Not only that, but yet another edition of our most special feature, at least to us libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor. And of course, we've got some of our great Lions of Liberty in the studio with us and in other studios all across the country. Now, if you guys tuned in last week, you'll know this is actually part two of episode zero. There are really this is a really a multi-layered show. It's it's the second edition of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. It's episode zero, because it's the origin story, but it's part two of that. It's also episode 53 of the podcast. If you've given up by now, I completely understand, but we're gonna really try to move on to things uh of, of higher importance. But anyway. We're going to go around quickly and just recap who I've got here to tell our little tale of how we came together, how the Lions of Liberty came together. Again, if you missed part one, hey, just click back in iTunes or or at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast or however you listen to the show and check out the last episode for the beginnings of our sort of political views. Uh, now, first in the studio, of course, I've got Brian McWilliams. What are you drinking and uh I don't know. Answer any other question you want to ask. Uh, hello again.
1: <laughs> All right,
2: uh, it's part two, guys. We've been hello again. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, still drinking my Mictors, uh straight rye. It's delicious. I'm glad I got over coughing because I took a little bit too big of a swig there. Bit off a little more I could chew, and I was coughing up a lung. But uh, yeah, it's delicious. So he answered the question. Why were you coughing before this? Okay,
0: uh, and we'll kick it to our boys in Pittsburgh. Odie, Trent, what's happening?
3: uh i've now uh, switched over i was drinking the yingling before i've switched over to Quarz light so i'm starting to get a little you know, get hydrated and you know get ready for tomorrow to go to work <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah your, your bedtime is rapidly approaching so it's good to, to get some solid fluids in there <laughs> your mountains are
4: blue too there you go Look at and you.
0: That's cool. <laughs> we also got that was john Odermatt, better known as Odie, felony friday author in there we also got trent seaman what are you drinking buddy I'm drinking my Bex. You're still sticking to the Bex. You're not. You're not messing around. You're. You're right on on the Bex train. I just realized (laughs) I I actually forgot to mention way back in episode zero slash episode one of this (laughs) slash episode fifty two. Oh, man, John. You can use the John, dis- you can edit digital all of this system up. to find it in your local library. Yes, if you've got a protractor, you can figure out what episode we're actually on. <laughs> but I was I was drinking some Angry Orchard earlier. It's a uh, new little cider that I discovered, and uh, I'm really enjoying it lately. So I got a variety pack tonight, so there's a bunch of different varieties, and I'm enjoying that. And then I've also dipped into uh Mr. McWilliams' Mictor's Straight Rye over here, too. So I'm having a good old time, man. I'm three hours ahead of you guys, so I got time to kill. And also, of course, making his, well, I guess now technically second appearance on the Lions of Liberty podcast, all the way from Virginia, Howie Snowden. What's up?
1: All right. I won't be a spoils for it. I am going to crack open a pbr and all uh, right there you go. <laughs> he
0: was sick earlier gang last that's episode he was drinking coffee he was taking it easy and you know now he's <laughs> chugging some pbrs so by cool. the way
2: uh howie you should be excited mark was so happy to do that intro that he's gesturing wildly in the studio and just elbowed me right in the uh the left tip. that's
0: true <laughs> i tried to keep that quiet but uh, you know <laughs> It all comes out on these episodes, on our little Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. We need an anagram for that, because that's just too many words and and syllables to keep saying. Simple. L-O-L-P-L-I-L-D-L. All right, so where were we? (laughs) Well, basically, to recap last episode, we both kind of talked about you know, how our political views both developed, you know, I think a lot of us came from either Republican or sort of Republican-leaning type households at one point, how we kind of had a split household with a a Democrat and Republican family, but... Basically, we all towed a mainstream line of some type. You know, we got generally bought into whatever we heard on TV, you know. Oh, 9-11 happened. Uh, Afghanistan's responsible. We got to go there. That kind of thing. So, of course, we went on some non sequiturs, some rants, as we're known to do. So please be sure to check out last episode if you if you haven't heard it already. But now I really want to get into how specifically this group, the Lions of Liberty, sort of developed. And I'd say it's safe to say it first started, at least for me, around probably early 2007 when Ron Paul first announced that he was running for office. Like I mentioned last episode, uh, how he had kind of introduced me to Ron Paul in college, told me to go check out his column because he had been a, you know, how he had met him back as a congressional page. So I went and read this guy's stuff and it really kind of shook me a little bit and just, it came across as truthful. It's not something, not the same kind of just political vitriol you hear from other politicians. He was actually trying to, you know, frame issues in what seemed like a ro- logical, rational way, which I had just never really seen before. So I was like, wow, he's actually trying to, you know, think through this thing. Wow, interesting. So you know that's what really got me started down the path of thinking about these things differently. Now, Howie, I don't know if you remember, you also gave me a book. It was uh, Harry Brown's "How to Live Free in Unfree World" back in college. That also kind of shook me out a little bit, got me thinking about
1: things uh, in a different way. Have any other you guys read that book, or how do you do? You recall yeah. why you gave me that book, or I was hoping that that would come up. Um, such a great book, "How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World" by Harry Brown. Um, what I love about it is it's not about politics because that's not the solution. It's about how can I be free right now in my life, and it's just – I recommend it to anybody interested in libertarianism. Please read that. I think the, you could get a, a Kindle edition pretty cheap.
0: There you go. Or you can borrow, uh, Odie's copy, cause I think he still has mine from like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <five>. yeah. <laughs> I still have, I
2: still have your copy. Sadly, I was gonna ask to borrow it when I left today, but, uh, cause it's
0: Oh, uh, Odie, matter. you can mail Brian my book and then that solves all solutions. Trent, <laughs> no, sorry. no, I'll give you Harry you Brown it. nine dollars. It's fine. He earned it. <laughs> Did you call him Howie Brown? Is that because like, Howie? Harry whatever? Brown.
2: Okay, you're drunk. I, I
0: like Howie Brown better. That actually, that, that Howie Brown thing. That's hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. Anyway, I was like, man, I thought Trent would be laughing at that because he laughed at everything. I was like, something's wrong. He's, he's not laughing at Howie Brown. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not laughing at a complete non Howie Browns. All right. So Trent, have you? I don't know if you're familiar with that book. Have you uh, checked out Harry Brown's book, How to Live Free in an Unfree World? Are You familiar with that at all?
2: No, I'm not at
0: all. Cool. We'll just cut that whole question out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I'm totally in the dark. Moving (laughs) on. I'll I'll just skip
0: to Odie, you read that book, also the Harry Browns book, didn't you? Yeah, you actually uh, gave it to me um, to read and I kept it.
3: And have not given it back.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's not like I brought this up just to bring up the fact that you still have my book that I loaned you five years ago. That's not why I put this whole podcast together at all, to publicly call you out for that. Mark, that's what you told me you were doing it for.
2: You know, my ex-girlfriend, I think, stole my copy of a – I can't remember the first Ron Paul book I read, but I think that cold-hearted – you know what? Go going on, on,
0: say it. it. I'll keep it for the blooper that reel. Bitch. <laughs> that bitch. That bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, Paul. Just kidding. There's no blooper reel. That's that's going to be in the main show that airs. Anyway, now, um, so let's <laughs> let's kind of fast forward a little bit to as I was mentioning earlier. Once uh, Howie helped enlighten me a little bit, turned me on to libertarian ideas. And I I kind of it was something I think to me that was always in the back of my mind. I never I kind of believed differently than the mainstream, and I kind of rejected the Democrat Republican line and that whole thing. And I even, I think in 2004, I voted for the Libertarian candidate, but I can't really say I was a a philosophical Libertarian at that point. It was more like a rejection of everything I had seen, you know? And like I said, Harry Brown's book, how he isn't very political. Like, it's it's more just about how to kind of change your life and get around a lot of the things that are going on in the world that are trying to kind of training you. So I still wasn't really thinking, you know, I have to vote for Politician X or, you know, advocate Policy Z or any of that stuff. I was just, all I knew was... I hate what's going on, and I want to be against it. So to me, that's all voting for a libertarian at the time was. Um, but obviously since then, things have changed a little bit. And uh, I'd say around 2000 – I don't know if it was late 2006 or early 2007 when Ron Paul first announced his exploratory committee. And I remember – I vividly remember I was at work, and I was obviously um, goofing off and not actually doing any work and surfing the internet. <laughs> And uh, I saw a little headline on Yahoo that said, Congressman Ron Paul announces uh, Presidential Exploratory Committee. And I was just like... What? It was just like the DJ, the record scratch. And I was just like, what's going on here? Hold on, hold on. Because I was still reading his columns every week for like, you know, six or seven years since I first discovered him. So that's all I really knew of Ron Paul was this guy that wrote this weekly column. I mean, I knew he was a congressman, but he never passed legislation. He was never on TV. So I, I hardly even thought of him as a politician. I just thought of about him as this guy whose column I read so I was just kind of blown away when he announced he was running for president I was like wait a minute hold on this guy can be president like is that even possible I mean what's going on here but I was I knew I was excited about it and it really got me um, into politics again because the 04 campaign I didn't care I mean I was against Bush but I hated Kerry too and I just wanted nothing I mean I, didn't, I wasn't voting for a libertarian because I thought he'd win I was just kind of rejecting the whole system and I was basically just like done with politics I kind of wanted nothing to do with the conversation I didn't even talk about it socially it wasn't so now that is obviously changed as any of you who've hung out with me which is all of you uh no that has changed quite a bit so you know it wasn't really on my radar but uh when ron paul first announced he was getting uh you know running for president i got pretty stoked and next thing you know he was in debates saying all sorts of crazy stuff about u.s foreign policy about drug legalization and yeah let's say i was hooked and uh, a few of you guys ended up on an email chain with me where i would shoot out some videos and uh youtube videos and links and that kind of thing and and try to get you guys all into it obviously some of you kind of stuck around but uh I don't want to hop around too much here, so why don't we just kind of uh, why don't we just start with each of you and just obviously how you go back with Ron Paul back to '97 when you first met him, but when did each of you uh, the rest of you first kind of discover Ron Paul during that time and you know what was the first thing that stood out to you? We'll start with Brian because you're right next to me, so it's right, it
2: makes it easy. Well, you know, credit where credits do, Mark, uh, and I'll even cheers you. Oh, you just finished your whiskey, whatever. We'll I didn't click, know click the, the glasses. Cheers
0: is coming. We got to plan this stuff out <laughs> again. It's the, it's the problem of having no script. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, no, credit where credit's I, I, uh, I was not a, a person who even knew who Ron Paul was, what he stood for. I knew nothing about him until, uh, you got me into him. You know, you started talking about him when you moved out here to California. And, um, you know, I started, obviously I don't, I don't take a lot of things at face value. So I started researching him on my own and making sure that you weren't blowing smoke up my ass. But, you know, he impressed the, the living hell out of me. I know the
0: smoke was something else. Uh, we don't need to, we don't need to talk about
2: it. Hey, the war on drugs is still going on, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but just impressed me everything about him, you know, the, the quality of his message, the fact that he always spoke his mind and, and, you know, and never kind of waffled or, or sold out. Just it, it sold me immediately. And I agreed with him on the deeper level, of course, you know, foreign policy views and the market views. So, um, yeah, Mark was really responsible in, in getting me into Ron Paul and, and winning me over onto his side. And to the point where, of course, when he ran for president, uh, you know, Mark and I were out stumping for him and going door to door and, the response was interesting, frustrating, because Democrats would literally open the door and they would say, you know what? I really like Ron Paul, but, uh, you know, he's a Republican. I can't vote for him. <laughs> so just would piss you off. And of course, Republicans would open the door and say, you know, I really like Ron Paul, but uh, yeah, he's not going to win. I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> that's that's what happened over <laughs> and I'd over again. I'd be throwing just, my vote away. Yeah, oh my God. It just, it's like, well, you know, if, if enough people actually voted for him, uh, he might win.
0: it really was a fascinating kind of
2: logic is that
0: (laughs) to to go around um, door to door for Ron Paul especially out here in Southern California because you know so many people do have liberal views or whatever they perceive as liberal views but you know a lot of those views do line up with a liberty message you know Um, being against the war on drugs being against a lot of the military stuff and you found so many people that agree with you on all this stuff and it's just like oh wow I'm like totally in with this guy this guy's my best friend I spent 20 minutes at his door like it's all good and then you're Then he's like, oh, yeah, but no, that that Ron Paul, he wants to, like, uh, end Social
1: Security, throw people on the street, which he doesn't
0: even want to advocate on, by the way. But, you know, that's what they associate with all Republicans. Who
1: who would would build those streets?
0: (laughs) The classic
2: (laughs) anti-libertarian argument.
0: He threatened to to bring this up (laughs) in the the (laughs) the pre-show discussion, but I didn't think he'd do it.
2: By the way, we should get J.B. Lubin on one of these calls just to be a a voice of – of anarchy, You've been, you've been called
0: out, J.B., you're invited yeah. to the next podcast. This is how we'll find out if he listens at all. We'll yeah. actually call him out, another good friend of ours who's also on our Liberty Chamber.
1: J.B., Report for duty.
0: Howie, I don't care who built the roads, just don't steal from me <laughs> to either. build them. <laughs> <out>. All right, <laughs> <laughs> moving along. Um, Howie, we know your history with Ron Paul, but wait, did, when did you first hear about the, kind of the fact that he was running for president? And did that get you as stoked as it did for me?
1: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was super excited. I never thought... Uh, that he would uh, do that again. I know he did, Uh, what was it, back in the 80s? 88, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, I should have realized he was doing it more as, as a teaching tool, but I wanted him to win so bad. Hello? Yeah, now we're here. Oh, okay, sorry. That <laughs> was just very anticlimactic. We, we, we will actually cut that. That will be an edit for John. Don't but think you so. You do have an editor, right? Oh, yeah. The editor's
0: name <laughs> is Thanks. John Dort.
1: John, are you out there? Didn't you just hear me? Yeah. Uh, what did you say? And then uh, I remember uh, in 2008, he, he put out his book, uh, Manifesto, uh, Revolution of Manifesto. And that that's just excellent the one my horrible girlfriend is. has. So straightforward and concise. It's it's just uh, it's great. Um, Brian, did, did you have that book?
2: <laughs> wow. you see, you have
1: to, after you say the name of the book, you have to pause so that I can I say the give the punchline. <laughs> Revolution manifesto. That's your cue, Brian. Hey.
2: That's the one my horrible ex-girlfriend has. <laughs> all right, take Anyways. three. No, take let's keep going. I say leave it all in.
1: My wife. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, those are exciting times for liberty. But I'm uh, a little less enthused about Rand's potential run for the presidency. But we'll see. We shall see. And maybe if we have enough time, we'll do a little
0: Rand form again. So that'd be a good I, way to wrap it up. I feel like every episode does turn into a Rand form. So we'll see how much we can breeze so through know, our little. We know we're all in odds
2: about that. <laughs> and me on the opposite side of where you'd ever think I'd be.
0: Uh, what about I know Odie's story? I want to save that one for last. So we'll, let's go to Trent next. What, Trent, when did you first hear about this Ron Paul character?
4: Uh, similar to Brian, I first heard of him through you. Hey, and uh, it was it was approaching the 2008 campaign, and I was wallowing in my decision on who to vote for if it was Ron Paul or John McCain. Oh. <laughs> they're just no, so similar. <laughs> yeah, they're so. You know, They're both so great... old and so white. I just don't so, know
0: which I love more. I mean, they have all the qualities I want, clearly. But <laughs> no, but uh, I, I was that our I Preakness read... conversation that we referenced in the last episode, or was that was that uh, prior to that? No, because I mean, that, that
4: was that was after the Preakness conversation okay. when I had been my Giuliani views That's had right. been. So
1: you you were over viewed. Rudy by that point. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, as. After that, uh, after that horse race, we, uh, I took some time to learn about Ron and actually uh, read G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, and realized he was saying a lot of the same stuff that Ron Paul was saying about the Federal Reserve, which was my big issue. And that's, that's the, the, uh, the one issue that Ron Paul talked about that really made it click for me. And after I put all that together and started viewing, uh, viewing the world, through the eyes of the Federal Reserve and seeing how things could possibly be manipulated to certain people's advantage, it, Ron, all of Ron Paul's stuff, uh, all his thoughts really started to click for me. And I was pretty much sold after that and uh, really took to the libertarian ideals.
0: And cheap plug, you can listen to my interview with G. Edward Griffin by checking out episode 21 of the Lions of Liberty podcast. But we will move on. <laughs> Odie, my final man here, when did you first hear about this Ron Paul guy? I believe. If memory serves me correctly, it might have been in some sort of CD karaoke bar in Southern California. Do you, do you remember any more details about that chance encounter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I remember any more
3: details, but I, I remember the uh, the seediness of the bar, and I remember talking politics with you. And uh, you know, at that time, I was a I was a neocon, and you know, I was had been big into George Bush, and I was. You know, trying to decide which Republican I was going to support or which one was, you know, the strongest, you know, the the strongest foreign policy and all that jazz. But uh, and for for whatever reason, maybe from prior conversations or I can't remember, but I had just assumed that you were a liberal. I'm not sure why.
0: But, because so I, I think not... I was going off uh, against the war and stuff like that, and you were like, ah, kill Iraqis, so you're just like assumed that I was a fan of Hillary or Obama or, or one of them folks and you
2: wear a lot of ironic t shirts
0: yes, the the ironic oh. t shirts and uh yeah general hipster attitude probably, <laughs> probably a fan of Obama
4: since he turned out to be so anti war <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh so we're we're having this conversation whenever back and forth, and I'm talking about strong foreign policy, and you're talking about you know, we're actually killing people over there. We're dropping bombs. You know, this isn't, you know, we're ruining people's lives and there's blowback and talking about all that stuff. And so I said, well, Mark, who are you voting for then? Who the heck are you going to vote for? He said, Ron Paul. And I said, is he a Democrat? Like, no, he's a Republican. He's a Republican. What? He's a Republican. He's, he's, you know, not for these foreign interventions. He's for smaller government. And He's against this, uh, this thing called the Federal Reserve, which I hadn't really looked into yet. And uh, that just kind of opened my eyes, big time. You know, enough Jim Dean, and it opened up my mind. And That was, I, I don't know, I guess late 2007, maybe. Then the debate started happening, and uh, hearing Ron Paul just speak truth, just when everyone else was just, you know, speaking lies and just, just towing, the, towing the party line, it just slapped me in the face. But uh, that I mean, and then I mean, the, the one moment that really still sticks out to me to this day and sticks out to a lot of people, I'm sure, is the exchange between uh, Ron Paul and Rudy Giuliani Oh yeah. Um, talking okay. about blowback. When, when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this this guy knows what he's talking about. I got to I got to read more, read more about him, read more of his stuff
2: and uh, learn more about libertarianism. I like that uh, Howie was patient zero and then Mark was typhoid Mary for the spread of libertarianism <laughs> among our group.
0: <laughs> yeah, Howie just infected me and then I just kind of went around just like knocking everyone else up with it or, or whatever. It's but, He's the same intellectually as he is sexually. Yeah, you did enough. <laughs> now you can just sit back and just watch it all unfold. <laughs>
2: Mark,
1: pass me the mictress, please. I guess this is what it's like to be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the only time. <laughs> yeah. He finally knows. So least you're not costing me any money either.
0: <laughs> so what were you guys thinking back then? I mean, for, you see this guy in the debates saying stuff that we've never heard any politician basically say ever. I mean, that we shouldn't be invading these countries, that you know, the reason that there's a lot of terrorism is because we're killing people overseas. So it gives people an obvious motivation to hate our government, hate our country. You know, he's pointing out some very obvious facts that we just never thought about before. I mean, to me, it was just like, uh, something so patently true and obvious, and yet it seemed like a, a new revelation just because no one had the b****** to say it on television, or no one was allowed to say it on television. I don't remember ever even hearing someone bring this idea up before. The fact that there's might actually be another consequence to just invading people's countries, overthrowing their governments, doing all sorts of horrible things. So, you know, wh- what were you guys thinking as this campaign kind of went along? Did you actually think that he has, might have a chance to win in 2008? Or, I mean, were you just excited? That, I mean, because before we knew it, we're getting there's these money bombs developing he's getting 2 million 8 million i think 6.7 million in one day or whatever it was again no research on this show (laughs) um but i mean it was just huge he was breaking all sorts of records and it really seemed like he was on a roll so what were you guys all thinking as this was kind of unfolding we'll start with brian again
2: well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I got excited when they had the money bomb. The money bomb was amazing, you know, and and that that whole kind of movement over and over. You see the money raised and you see the national attention. You go, holy hell, this actually might come to fruition. This might happen. Jesus. Open the beer away from the mic. <laughs> anyway. That
0: actually wasn't me. That was on the other end of the mic. No, My, I know. I was actually opening a beer the same time that that happened. He was. So whoever just... that was, we are perfectly in sync.
2: <laughs> but no, so you – in, in on one, the, the naive side of me said, Oh, you know, this might actually happen. Then you see, like, you know, just Odie, like Odie mentioned, when they got into it, when Ron Paul got into it with uh, Giuliani about 9-11 and was so thoroughly dismissed by Giuliani and everyone else on stage. And even the moderators would ignore him over and over again, ignore him. They wouldn't address any questions to him and dismiss what his answers were and cut him off. That's when I realized this is not a fight that we're going to win this time around it's going to be something that's going to take a lot more education a lot more time and a lot more uh a lot more people to to buy into to what's going
0: on yeah because it was exciting to us but i mean the average man on the street would still scoff at this stuff and just you know cackle him off as a crazy old guy i remember the first time i sent my dad a video uh from ron Paul one of his uh you know one of his debates kind of clips and it was about he compared the iraq war to the situation of vietnam my dad was a vietnam vet so he kind of took it in a personal way and he said, well, I think that's ridiculous what he's saying and and that's nonsense and just kind of laughed it off and told me to save my money or whatever. And obviously for anyone that heard my interview with my dad a few months ago, uh, you'll know that his views have changed as well on that. So um,
2: by the way, as have mine, my dad, same thing. He won him over with Ron Paul. You know what actually won him over, which if if you'll believe it is uh, Ron Paul's appearance on the Glenn Beck show. That's what my dad tuned in, heard Ron Paul on the Glenn Beck show and went, you know what? You're right. This Ron Paul guy is the way to go, and he even put a sign in the front lawn.
0: You know, that's funny because a lot of people say, you know, I, I've seen. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the article or the video of the uh, what they call the Liberty Kids, these kids in California out here, these young twenty-something kids that took over, did not took over They won elections in the local Republican Party, and now they're basically in charge of the kind of Republican um, Liberty Caucus out here in California. And, um, you know, they went on Glenn Beck and they they, you know, they got a great response and everything. And, but some people were out there like, ah, oh, Glenn Beck's a NeoCon. He's this and that. And why are you going on his show and this and that? It's like, look, it doesn't, even if Glenn Beck is Satan or is the worst person in the world, he has a huge audience. So it makes sense to go on any forum, even if it's a forum that completely disagrees mm-hmm. with you and to try to get that audience and that's a good example right there of Brian's dad who only finally started to come around when it was on maybe what he saw as a more acceptable forum or you know more than just his son sending him a YouTube link or something like that so you know you should never reject any forum to spread ideas because right. you know if you're only going to the places where people already agree with you well you're not doing anything you're not expanding anybody you're not changing anybody's well, views like you're just the Daily Show the
2: Ron Paul was a huge hit on the Daily Show what was he on there twice I think during his run and, yeah, and that's like I mean and how many, you know, liberals, they agree with a lot of things. And, I, you know, even John Stewart was saying he agreed with a lot of it. They're going to go against him, obviously, in a lot of ways. But, yeah, that you know, you're going to reach people. And independents might might uh, be watching the Daily Show like anybody else and go along with
0: it. Now, Odie Trent, what were you guys thinking during this time? Now, I should point out this is kind of when our – what we call the Liberty Chain, our email group, was kind of starting. And, you know, first it started, like, me and Brian emailing, like, Odie and Trent and then email Howie. And we just kind of keep adding people to this chain – and, you know, every week or so, someone be like, hey, and I'm inviting this guy to the train. And before you know, we have 20, 25 people on this email chain, and we're all kind of talking about these issues. So it really kind of snowballed. Um, so what were you guys thinking during this time of the campaign? Were you you know, when we're, we're, we're all talking about these issues on a day-to-day basis on email, I mean, were you really getting excited about things? Were you really thinking that, you know, maybe people's minds are changing on a lot of issues? Or what was going through your minds? We'll start with Trent.
4: I, I was thrilled at the time because it was <laughs> – it was like just being enlightened to some hope out there that there was someone that actually got it and then similar to you guys when i started talking to other people about it i realized how how far society had to go i specifically remember talking to people in my family about it and they they agreed they're like yeah that makes all the sense in the world you know but i'm throwing away my vote and it was so frustrating because of everything we just talked about that if no one votes for the guy, he's not gonna win. So the people I talked to were so anti-Democrat that they would vote for any Republican. And I think that was the hardest thing to get over and probably still really is, that people just are so afraid of Hillary that they'll they'll vote for any Republican that comes along. And that's that's the next big uh hurdle I think we have. It's I think people actually believe in libertarianism. It's just they're so afraid of what'll happen if a third party breaks out of the Republican Party.
0: Yeah, so. or they maybe just don't know how to channel the energy. And because we all, yeah. not even in this group, do we agree on how to channel the energy? I mean, there are so many ways you can do that and reject the system. But I mean, I think we did see, I don't know if it's positive or negative, it could go either way, but it's an interesting revelation anyway with the last election when we saw, uh, again, no research for, before this show, but <laughs> I believe it was some sort of millions less voters than, you know, than four years earlier. And, you know, a lot of the people that were disillusioned with Obama did leave Obama, but a lot of those people did not go to Mitt Romney, did not Did not just do that thing where they reject one thing and take the other. Instead, they rejected both and just either refrain from the system all, altogether or what have you. So that may be a step in just at least the direction of we're not just going to go ping pong back and forth between these two lesser quote-unquote lesser evils were actually maybe taking some time to think about things or what have you so i i, I don't know how you got what do you guys think about that those huge kind of lower turnout numbers for the election this year yeah we're getting off topic but that whatever that's what we do i,
3: I, I think a pretty cool exercise to do and i don't have the time but maybe someone listening will, will take this and i'll, I'll be willing to, a reader to, to, contest to <laughs> listener contest we'll whatever if anyone listens but it would be cool to look at like even in the you know every congressional race and all the you know senatorial races. Look at how many people did not vote in that area. Not that we're not registered people that were registered and didn't vote, but just people that aren't registered and didn't vote. Looking at the census and just compare. You know maybe I don't know. We'll just, just do stupid numbers. Fifty thousand people voted for the Democrat, forty thousand people for the Republican, and five thousand didn't vote at all. If you do that across the country. And made some graphs and charts and fancy things. That could be some pretty
2: powerful <laughs> that, stuff. Those are some <laughs> wishful <laughs> numbers, Odie By the way, it's about fifty thousand people vote in a county of three hundred thousand. Is, Graph- is what a <laughs> statistically a Gra- I
0: like is. I like Odie's little like sound of music moment there. Graphs and charts and fancy things. Like
1: I, I just picture him in a musical now, like him and Trent are dancing around
0: with their cheap ears and just wishing for all these pie charts and wonderful things they could have. In the world. All the fancy things,
4: you know. Hey, this thing can go on TV now. (laughs) Libertarianism,
2: the music. So if someone else does all the work, I will support you.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'll sign up for that with just about any idea. If anyone wants to do all the work on literally anything and give me the credit, I'm in. So uh, just let me know.
3: Mark Clare played all the parts and recorded everything you
0: just heard. Odie, what about you during this time period, this first run? And we'll try to skim over it and get and get to the the present pretty quickly here. But mm-hmm. what did you think of the, the, Ron Paul's first run and, you know, going forward? How, how did you see that developing? What was your attitude at the time?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, for me personally, it was an incredibly exciting time to have my eyes opened. And I was like a sponge just reading everything, you know, every, starting every day reading LouRockwell.com and reading every article and just soaking it in and reading books and reading Ron Paul's work, but at the same time, it was just so frustrating because I wasn't good at communicating the ideas and talking with my family. I remember the first time talking with my family about Ron Paul, and he had been a libertarian, and they're like, well, John, you know, he's for legalizing drugs. You know, there'd be drugs on the street. (laughs) I'm like – yeah, I know, but I mean, are you going to
0: start? Are you going to start doing drugs now? Is that like is that what's stopping you to from doing them? Or? That was actually one of my favorite Ron Paul moments in the, in the one of the debates where he was just like, "What do you think if we legalize heroin? Is everyone here going to start doing heroin?" And the whole crowd just starts cracking up. They're like, "No, because it's so ridiculous." No, that's of course not. But yeah, that one of his finer moments as well. Yeah. That one and the Rudy yeah, one are two of my top. I, I remember that one well. But yeah, it was it was, it was that, and
3: then uh, I, you know I think. You know, we, we went and did the Liberty Chain, and Liberty Chain is still going on. It's still great. But I think we got to a point where we were just – the people around us in our lives, we were just not making progress. And, you know, yeah. we felt passionate about this, and we're starting to get educated and wanted to branch out. So that's how we started Lines of Liberty. And uh, well,
0: Thank you for transitioning there because I, I was starting <laughs> to think we might never actually get to the actual origin in the origin story. <laughs> two episodes into it or 53 episodes into it or <laughs> 1A, 1B, whatever the hell you – we're calling this thing now. But, yeah, I mean, I think at some point we were doing so much writing. And and at some point, like, some of my our emails started becoming, like, short blog posts. I mean, paragraphs and paragraphs stuff in it. At some point, it's like, we may as well toss this up there on the Internet for other people to read. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know, the worst that could happen is that it's the same as it is now. And we just kind of talk amongst ourselves. Or maybe some other people find it interesting, too. So that's kind of how a few of us, uh, me, John Odermatt... Dom Sidoti, who I rest believe has... Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, to anyone listening, he's not actually dead. So uh, as far as we know, he's just kind of... He's gotten busy in life. No worries. But he's still a passionate advocate for liberty. And Brian, we started to start the blog. You just started writing one day until our good friend Tommy John. TommyJohnStudios.com. Designed us an awesome website which you see today, or hopefully we'll see if this is the first time you're hearing this. Hopefully you've enjoyed our antics enough to go check us out at LionsOfLiberty.com. But yeah, I think we we really got motivated to do more than talk amongst ourselves, basically, because you know we're putting so much time and thought, energy into this stuff, into this discussion anyway that it would just seem silly to just not try to you know spread this in some in some way, shape, or form. So, um, Brian, just take it away. I don't know. I'm not going to. Well, prompt you know, you at all. we
2: promise the people. Mark, that we get into talking about Rand Paul. Cause I remember we had a, we had a lively, to say the least, email conversation between all of us on our, our Liberty chain you've been hearing so much about that. By
0: the people, the, do you mean each other? <laughs> well,
2: yeah, I mean, the people, hey, somebody in this podcast, if they listen, probably wants to know about what's going on here with Rand Paul. Oh,
0: hey, we but may as well. We've already told it, them how we became the Lions of right. Liberty. So heck. Let's run with it. Well, look,
2: hey, we agree on almost everything. Let's go to something that we are at odds at. And that is coming down to his presidential run, whether or not if he runs for president and he gets the nomination, are you going to vote for Rand Paul or not?
0: So Do we don't, have to decide today? I,
2: well, let's just talk about it for, <laughs> yes. you know, we got 10 minutes left. Let's talk Howie's <laughs> yes. weighing in.
1: Howie, why did, howie, howie, why don't you start? Hey, grandpa, or paternal father of all liberty. Because I'll take save my away?
2: argument for last since I'm going to shock the world with my position on this if you know uh, <laughs> how much I write that's anti ran Paul. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> why don't we let Howie
1: take it away? Sure. Well, I mean, I think we all know that Rand Paul is not Ron Paul. He's not a libertarian. Um, he's pretty good on most stuff. He's definitely out of anybody who's talking about running, he would be the best candidate. Um, I just can't get excited about it, though. But if I do vote, I most likely will vote for Rand Paul.
0: That's a fair assessment. Uh, let's toss it over to the Pittsburgh boys. What do you guys think? What's the general mood? Do people, I mean, I don't know. I don't really talk about, like, this may shock you, like politics with that many people anymore, like outside of my, outside of my core group. Like I used to do it a lot, but I feel like Lions of Liberty, the podcast, the articles I write, it's, it's so much energy is put into it that I can actually like stop, like drop it when I, when I leave the house. But do you guys get a feel for what other people think of Rand Paul and your, your kind of conversations? I know you guys get into these talks a lot. Trent. I, I'll
4: tell you that when I, when I speak about it with people close to me, kind of like what Howie was just saying, they think that he's the the best candidate, but everybody has at least every. I shouldn't say everybody. Everybody I talk to is of the mindset that no one's going to beat Hillary Clinton. I don't personally believe that.
0: I'm not even convinced she's running.
4: She's taking a lot of hits. Yeah, it's. I think she's doing a good job of staying out of the spotlight until she's ready to That's get in That's her best there. maneuver,
0: definitely. Yeah,
4: because she wants nothing to do with anything Obama's going to get into. But not to get off the subject.
0: Oh, we got off the subject on minute two, I think, so it's all good. <laughs> I just want to say, Hillary Clinton
2: looks like a blonde pug. She does.
4: Well, That's yeah, what she, she does. It's She's horrible, but whatever. <laughs> I personally will vote for Rand. I won't really get too excited about him, but the one thing I do like about Rand is that people identify him with his dad, and therefore a lot of people will view him in the libertarian light, regardless if he's a Republican or not. I think that is a victory for libertarianism, that at least people will get, start to get the the message that uh, some libertarian ideas will certainly help the country on a better path. So um, not thrilled about all the stuff Rand does, but if he were to run, I, he would get my vote. Odie? All right,
2: Odie, someone's got to lay into it. I know, so. know Odie <laughs> well, is mean, salivating here
0: because I remember the emails. <laughs> yeah, he is, but it's nothing to do with Rand Paul. He's just been. been he's, he's got seven PBRs emails. Yeah. <laughs> thirsty. I'm thirsty.
3: But, uh, I mean, what, what, what Trem was saying that, um, you know, Rand Paul's associated with libertarianism, and that's a good thing. Um, I, I i mean, I understand where you're coming from, and i I agree, sort of, but at the same time, I think it means that, or could mean that, we should hold him more accountable, especially when he's, you know, because he is Ron Paul's son. He's going to be associated with libertarianism when he comes out and and says, you know, unlibertarian things um, or wishy-washy things. That it's hard to even understand what he's talking about. Um, it's 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 tough to it's tough to support him. I mean, what surprised me when we were having the the conversation on Liberty Chain was everybody seemed to be rallying around Rand. And you know, if it comes down to Rand and Hillary, of course I'll vote for Rand because it's Rand and Hillary Clinton. But is, is Rand really going to have the capacity to change anything if he's running on a, if his policies are that he's sort of libertarian, but he's a little bit neocon and just doing the, toe in the GOP party line. If people are voting for him based on that, if mainstream Republicans are voting for him based on that, he's not going to be able to get in there and, as we always joke about, rip open you know his shirt and be wearing a <laughs> Superman logo and just be Mister <laughs> Libertarian. I mean, it's not going to it's not going to fly. And I've heard people, other people make the argument that he'll be able to slowly educate people. Or he'll have the you know the attention of the country. He'll be able to educate people in libertarians. That was my
2: argument. You're stealing my thunder. I'm going to say that later. Well, it you could, you could a be dick. a rebuttal. It could be a rebuttal. I
3: mean, you, you could just prove me wrong. It'll be fantastic.
0: Stay tuned for five minutes.
3: There's no way that's going to work. It's not going to work. And you have to educate people. I mean, people aren't going to listen to the president of the United States telling them how to live their lives and what they need to do. Even if it's Rand Paul saying, you know what I'm going to do? You can keep all your money and I'm just going to let you do what you want to, because there's half the country that's on food stamps and there'll be, <laughs> be riots in the streets. I mean, people have to understand libertarianism. They have to understand how screwed up the economy is, how manipulated it is. And, it, it, and from there, I mean, you almost need like a complete reeducation. Send them to the camps.
0: Send them to the camps. <laughs> All, right.
2: All right. By the way, uh, Starting start in Liberty.
0: 2015, we will start Lions of Liberty re-education yeah. camps. Yeah. So. All right.
2: By, uh, by the way, Odie, uh, next time, take off your spooky creaking door sound effects record before you start your rant.
0: <laughs> I actually thought it add to the, the creepy effect of it.
2: It's almost Halloween.
0: <laughs> Wait, was that meant to be creepy? No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't creepy.
2: What about you, Mark?
0: All right. <laughs> I've, we literally have spent entire podcasts talking about Rand Paul, and I've spent many an article doing it. And if you go to linesofliberty.com and Google them, oh, you wouldn't Google them there, but actually our search engine is powered by Google, so you sort of would be. Anyway. It works at least half the time. Yes, you will find countless articles about Rand Paul. So, uh, I won't go into it too much, but to, just to sum it up, as a politician, Rand Paul is probably the best, like one of the best I've ever seen, not as a manipulator politician, not like a Ronald Reagan wordsmith, although he is good in some ways in that respect, but he is, um, he is the best that we have right now, definitely. I mean, takes a, positions on the war on drugs that no other politician would ever take, even just the things he does calling for the ridiculous mandatory minimums, ending that. Um, You know, he calls for a more restrained foreign policy than anybody else I know out there. So he's certainly, as a politician, one of the best, you know, and I I can't really argue with supporting him in that context. You know, if uh, so, I I don't have any problem with the support, but I think the support does need to come in context. And as an advocate for, say, individual rights overall or libertarianism, however you want to frame it, he sucks. (laughs) And let me tell you why he sucks, because he's never consistent with his message and he's Frickin' wishy-washy, and he says, politician stuff, and maybe we quote-unquote know what he be- really believes or think we know what he really believes, but other people are confused as hell, because I have people asking me, oh, is this what you libertarians believe when Rand Paul says something wacky about gays or something and he does google it i mean he's yeah, he says some weird stuff and i'm not and that's not i mean i don't really care what people's views on, on on stuff like that are if they're not advocating violence against them and he's not so i mean i think there are worse things than than rand paul you know having more influence i think he probably should uh but at the same time he advocates for some things that i just can't support sanctions on iran um just stuff that i can't fully support. And when I'm out there advocating for principles and advocating for, you know, certain things, certain principles principles aren't things you manipulate and change and and based on public opinion principles are things based on a true moral and a true something you came to through logic and reason and to me when i see someone who has that liberty label attached to them that is not consistent in that way i can't help but to at least call out when i see that and point it out and explain why i i see differently so i can understand supporting Rand paul politically but I'm not going to blindly subordinate. I will maintain the policy of criticizing when appropriate, praising when appropriate.
2: So you'll uh, will or will not vote for him? I don't know. Is he, is he announced
0: he's running? He's gonna run. Come on, <laughs>
2: he's already stumping around uh, everywhere. These guys, I honestly money. don't
0: know. <laughs> I wouldn't be a. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. No,
4: right. well,
2: I'll, I mean,
0: I'll, I, if I, I, I mean, let's be honest, very
4: anticlimactic. Let's
0: work. be. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Good night, everybody. Live long <laughs> and live free. <laughs> no, but uh. I mean, let's be honest, man. We live in California. I, the, the Whoever's running on the Democrat is going to win in 2016. So I'm going to spend the majority of my time in life, you know, is focusing on principles, focusing on ideas. Yeah, if if it comes down to some crazy scenario where, like, yeah, I think my one vote might... Have Rand like stop like some war? I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, I'll, I'll judge it at the time. But hey,
2: don't be one of those people we were talking about where they think they're throwing their vote away, Mark. Oh
0: yeah, well, come on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're one of those people. You're. The, I'm going to knock on your door, and you're going to be the guy there saying I'm not going to vote for him. He's not going to win. <laughs> the coast of uh, elections
1: passed. Right? Do they know they all are already throwing their votes away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. You, you guys right, you know,
3: never asked me j- if I'd vote for him. You never. Asked yeah. Me? Are you, you going to vote uh, for Modi? man? No, no, I'm not gonna move.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you
2: go. See, that's okay. Now I'm gonna. I'm Man, just that's gonna so much better this. than the
0: wishy-washy host. of this show. I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> I, I can say I probably won't, likely will not go out of my way, but I'm I'm open to the idea based on you know
1: the debates and how things unfold. Okay, so Brian, Brian, you're the tiebreaker.
2: Well, okay. Now, look, look here's and here's the thing. Here's the thing with this topic is why I brought it up. Uh, you, if you've read my work on LinesOfLiberty.com, you know that I am. Uh, not shy in criticizing Rand Paul. I, I You'll look, know that I'm an angry, angry He man. pisses me off. <laughs> Rand Paul pisses me off a lot. He pisses me off on a regular basis. I'll give him kudos when he's right, like Mark said, but more often than not, I find myself writing about stuff that he's doing that is against the philosophy that I like to subscribe uh, to, which is cross-libertarianism, thought, and it he pisses me off. That being said, if he does end up getting the nomination, I don't see how you can't vote for him. And it's like you would say, oh, yes, yeah, he's going to educate. Look, I don't know if he's going to educate or not. And it pisses me off right now that he's associated with the libertarian label because he is definitely not a libertarian. He's a Republican with some libertarian leanings. But it's a gentle process to get people to come over to our point of view he's
3: the gateway candidate and you
2: can't discount that if the man is a shot he's the best candidate he's got a shot at getting in the in the white house where he has the most influence and can actually put some policies into place it's like ron paul said if ron paul got elected There's no way anybody's going to go for all of his policies. It's never going to happen. And he acknowledges that. He said it before. No one's ever going to get rid of Social Security. No one's ever going to get rid of education. But you can at least make some progress. And Rand Paul being in office would make that progress. It would bring people closer to our way of thinking. They see the way it works. They see his policies roll out. And they say, you know what? This makes sense at least more than everything else before it. So it's a process. It's It's a step forward. You know, it's one small step for mankind, uh, if you will. And that's why I would 100% vote for Rand Paul. I might uh, grip my teeth while I do it, but I 100% would vote for Rand Paul. Clench the cheeks, if you will. I clench my cheeks enough in my regular life. I don't need to do that in the voting booth.
1: He's not going to educate people on uh, libertarianism, but that's your guy's job. Lands of liberty. right everybody's well, uh, job all right i
0: will put it out there right now i will endorse rand paul if he uh wears like a Lions of liberty t-shirt every time he goes yeah. I, i'm goes sure rand paul's the- holding
2: out for our uh, for our endorsement hey, hey he might be i, I would <laughs> vote for him too I would vote the for him. exclusive Lions <laughs> of liberty i would
0: agree too the deal has been laid out there Rand. Uh, no um, seriously i did, in all honesty i think obviously look rand is raised by ron paul i think there's I mean, he does some good things. He's obviously like a pretty good guy, and he obviously knows what he's talking about for the most part. I think he's kind of either very confused on foreign policy and a lot of things, or he's just taking advice from some stupid people because the positions he take on takes on foreign policy piss off neocons and they piss off libertarian (laughs) anti-war people so I don't see why like he should at least pick one or the other because Uh he's really it's really politically not helping him like when he's wishy-washy on Ukraine wishy-washy on the Middle East literally all sides get mad at him anti-war people are like are like statist warmonger and then like the neocons are like oh this pacifist anti-war guy so like he he's really not I don't know who he's catering to like some weird like mainstream like hippie anti-war war neocon moderate i don't really know so i don't really even get what he's doing strategically to be honest but uh i don't know that's it i I really don't have much else to say about rand because i spent too many of my days minutes and uh milliseconds thinking about him so why don't we just do a little we'll go around in a circle here and we will just uh to me it's a circle i'm envisioning brian next to me and you three are all have positions in front of me but this is my this is my own fantasy world where how he's been drinking the whole time too so that's a call back to episode uh, fifty-two, last episode. <laughs> if you if you guys have been tuning in this whole time, but uh, I just want to get final thoughts from everybody about uh, anything, anything you want, whether it's the, the coming together of Lions of Liberty, Ron Paul, our like two hour hour and a half love letter to Ron Paul, which has basically turned into, or whatever. So Brian, we'll start with you. All right, I'll thoughts. go first. I,
2: I I will say that uh, coming around to libertarianism has been a revelation for me. I would never do anything else. I can't think anywhere else. I I once you come along to this, I don't see you ever changing your point of view. And um it's very rewarding writing for lineslover.com. I'm so glad the site got uh got created and we and we came together to do it. Thank you Mark for uh taking the lead and editing it. And even though it's a pain in the ass sometimes to find the time, it is well worth it. We need to keep educating people and um yeah, you know, libertarianism will will rise.
0: Libertarianism, FTW, is what you meant to say there. I think I
2: slurred win. a little bit there, but I've had a lot of mickners. Well, I mean,
0: we're on episode two <laughs> of Libertarians in Living Room Drinking Liquor, which uh, is occurring on the same night. So a little post-production uh, re- revelation there for everybody. Uh, so, Howie, what do you think? Final words,
1: free well, flow, f- stream of consciousness. I'm glad you guys have You've finally come You've got 45 around. minutes. No,
0: just
1: kidding. 45 <laughs> seconds. I'm <laughs> glad you guys have all finally come around to uh, to the light and put together such uh, <laughs> awesome um, – professional site that's where i get my liberty news are you are you humble
2: bragging right now that's what we call a hu- hashtag humble brag
1: oh such a proud parent but, uh, no you guys great job keep up the good work all right thank you uh let's
0: go with trent because i know Odie will have a really great wrap up and trent will probably like make a couple jokes so we'll like try to try to like average this thing out
4: hey you're building it up too much i'm glad they're, i'm just glad they're both still awake uh, No, Alliance of Liberty is fantastic I enjoy reading it all the time And trying to uh, Spread the ideas on to other people Um, I just think for the Larger percentage of the population out there The big challenge is to Pull yourself off any Government uh, programs Any government assistance Anything like that and stand on your own two feet And that's what's going to make this country great again Uh, A lot of the libertarian Ideals that we're discussing And we take very strongly are the same ideals that the people that came across the ocean uh, 200 years ago, 250 years ago, subscribed to and made this place great. So we gotta we gotta look back and um, adopt some of those uh, great traits that they had at that time. So,
3: is is it too late for Trent to run for the Libertarian? party Never t- anyway. there. would
4: you guys vote for me would you vote for
3: rand
0: <laughs> is that a, is that a call back to uh is that a call back to brian saying libertarian party eight times in that, in that no that episode? was that was a call back to that was a call back right. to
3: trent's trent's early days with the gop and young young republicans oh, so, yes. yeah i guess uh i mean with me it's just I'm, I'm really surprised honestly that we've been able to keep to keep this website going for what is it almost three years now it's uh, it's kind of incredible. I mean, I know we started off on uh, Blogger through Google and that, and then transitioned to, uh, to to the website that Tommy put together for us. Thanks, Tommy. I know you're listening out there. Thank you. But uh, it's, I mean, it's it's been it's been a learning experience, and it's been the best way for me personally to to expand my views. I, I know Brian said before that once you get on board, you're never going to change. I mean, not never going to change. I forget exactly what you said, but I think all of our ideas have evolved and they've evolved in a, in a good way, in a, in a way that we can communicate them more clearly. Um, I know Mark Mark said a key in that by pointing us to, uh, to some other, other past guests, uh, Shane Whistler and, uh, and and people like that, that have really helped me to, uh, to sort of learn my own views and, and and learn what I believe kind of focus more on the individual rights rather than just focus on um, everything against the state against government and uh, focus on the defense of individual rights. And it's, it's been a cool journey. I mean, I got a morning roar to, to pump out tonight, so I'm excited <laughs> for
0: that and uh, I'll turn it back over to Mark. Yeah, I would, pretty much agree with uh what everyone said because that's what a host is supposed to say <laughs> um no but uh i really want to echo what odie says about really kind of continuing to learn and develop because you know it, you know brian said one thing that i would slightly disagree with i don't think he meant it in this way though like you know now that he's libertarian he'll never change his point of view and i know what he means by that he'll never you know be advocating for like you know the drug war and stuff like that but i mean i think we all we always need to be open to the concept of changing parts of our view or changing the way we view certain things, because we need to be open to criticism. We need to be open to logic and reason and all that stuff. And Hey, if we can defend our views, fantastic, but we have to do that, not just by vitriol, not just by regurgitating statements. We read from Murray Rothbard, who I think is great on many things, but we can't just be echoing the voices of the past. We have to be the voices of the present, the voices of the future. And we have to be able to explain ourselves in a reasonable way. And if we can't answer criticisms with anything, other than quotes from old libertarian writers, then we're not going to get anywhere. We're going to just have people continue to mock libertarians and, and make fun of us and, you know, remain marginal. So I think the only way to move forward is to engage in debate, engage in rational debate and accept and invite and welcome criticism because, you know, my views are different than 10 years ago. They're different than five years ago. They're different than last week because I'm always kind of engaging and analyzing certain positions I take or even just strategies we use to communicate with people and that kind of thing. And, you know, like he said, we can't just be all about what we're against. We can't just be against government, against the state. No, I mean, you know, in any kind of society that develops, there's going to be things that resemble a lot of the things that government currently does. They might just be organized differently. We might not advocate for force to be used to fund these things. And we might not advocate for certain, you know, certain ways these things are structured. But the point is, We have to advocate for how, you know, how things should play out, how we should treat our fellow man. And, you know, we need to really have an understanding of individual rights in order to do that. So we can't just go flailing about calling for policy X, Y, and Z without having a solid philosophical base for it. And we're not going to get that unless we really you know, engage with people and are open to constantly kind of changing and morphing our views, not based on the whims of the day or based on, you know, public polling opinions or whatever, you know, Rand Paul's advisors might be telling him, but based on what we actually, you know, based on logic and reason and, you know, just really trying to get to the core of how mankind should be acting towards one another. Because at the end of the day, that's pretty much what politics is so. Uh, I'll give you guys a couple seconds of rebuttal time if anyone has anything else to say before I uh I, I slice this horse's throat and 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 end it all for the evening so Odie can do go do his morning roar for for all our readers out there. Well said, Mark. All right. I think we should wrap it up there. Uh, no,
1: seriously, guys, it's been uh, – What does that even mean?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It means that I, I spoke eloquently and there's just you're gonna, nothing else you're to You're going to kill a horse? What? what
1: that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something about a horse. All right. But thanks a lot, guys. I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your evenings, especially your very late evenings out there on the East Coast. Joining me here today, and uh, kind of going through our our early travails in the uh, the advancement of the ideas of liberty, and uh including some you know some non sequiturs along the way about foreign policy, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, the whole deal. And uh, we'll have to keep doing it again. Howie, I definitely want to have you back on for more of these oh, little definitely. these little Thank chats. You. And you know, and I I'm, I have faith that next time you won't drink coffee for the first four and five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You can you can just maybe add some add some whiskey to it or something. That's all.
1: Sure, Smirr's coffee.
0: Fair enough. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining me again. Come back next week. We'll be back to our, our sort of regular f- interview format. Uh, but it was fun to take this little journey with some good friends of mine, Who uh, one of which apparently just bro- broke a glass in the background. So th- <laughs> things seem to be going really well. And, of course, until next time, I hope you guys will chime in with me here because the only thing I'm going to ask of you guys, my friends out there, and everybody listening is, of course, to live long and live free. free.
1: Head
4: of editing is John Donald.
0: You want your kids to meet the champion of the Constitution? What if there was an illustrated book that introduced libertarianism to you through the story of Ron Paul's amazing life? What if this biography breaks down complex concepts like Austrian economic theory, the dangers of the Federal Reserve, blowback, and non-interventionist foreign policy? What if I told you this book is real and available? What if I told you that school libraries accept donations? What if you donate a copy to your local school library and give hundreds of youth the opportunity to meet Ron Paul? What if you don't? Who will? The book is Meet Ron Paul. And you can get your copy today at lionsofliberty.com slash Paul. As Ron Paul
4: has said, there can be no revolution without a revolution in education.
1: Meet Ron Paul and keep the liberty movement moving.
0: Hey guys, Mark Clare here, lionsofliberty.com, where we strive to advance the ideas of liberty daily. We bring you the Morning roar. That's right, every Monday to Friday we'll have a brand new edition of The Morning Roar where we provide a roundup of some news stories that you may not find in the mainstream media or even in your typical social media newsfeed. We find stories that relate to the ideas of liberty and provide you with our liberty perspective on them. We wrap it all up every Friday with Felony Friday, where our own John Odermatt goes out and takes a look at some sort of felony. There's felonies committed every day, you know, whether it's a felony committed by the police, a politician, or even an average citizen. You can find all of this and so much more over at LinesOfLiberty.com, advancing the ideas of liberty daily. Chris Rossini's new book... Set money, free. Set money Free. What every Set American free. needs to know about the Federal Reserve. Set money free. With a special Set forward by Ron Paul. Set money free. It has easy to understand questions and answers. Set. Set Buy Set Money Free, free on Amazon.com. Set money free.
2: Chris Rossini's Set Money Free money free. Set money free. Set
3: money free.